uh, we are underway in episode, I believe this is 13 of WMMA All Day Every Day. I'm joined by Gugabe as always and Tim. Uh, yeah. uh, here for the Nashville card uh, that just happened and the next card in Philadelphia, which should be pretty fun. Looks pretty great. So uh, start with the recap. Uh, yeah, well, what happened last week? Um, the greatest miracle fluke out since Yair, um, KJ, I'd say. This card was dismal. It was terrible. The, the only fighter that I'd say looked really, really good was Juicy Formiga. Formiga looked amazing. Yeah, that, that KO for Pettis was so, was so damn lucky. Like it was yeah. just like, it, and it wasn't even like it was a close fight, really. Like, or he was losing a little bit. I mean, he was getting pieced up, so that's kind of annoying. He was hanging in the first round. Isn't yeah, it was, it was kind of like going downhill, though. I feel. Yeah, it was. The fact that Thompson got KO'd by someone just like running into the pocket isn't super shocking, since Thompson's basically been dropped in the pocket by anyone who's been able to get there. But. Pettis being able to do it was weird. He was kind of winning the kicking game, and then he got beat up at the end of round one. And then he got beat up for the rest of round two, and then he just randomly got a Superman hook. Yeah, pretty much. Dumb, really dumb fight. Um, and Pettis, I don't know who he who should face from here. Thompson was, like, if you look at the rest of the division, most of it's wrestlers. And the only non-wrestler is RDA, who beat the shit out of Pettis. Like, yeah. Was a while ago, but he'd probably do the same today, so. Yeah. Uh, fight was going to go well for Pettis, in the sense that there's nowhere for him to go right now that doesn't end in him losing very badly. True. Let's look at the card. Um, I forgot Espinosa Shelton happened. That was a bit of a. Um, I think Shelton had the argument for winning it. Multiple fake way sevens for Espinosa was stupid, and also Shelton throws some more fucking volume. <laughs> <laughs> he was a better fighter in there. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I thought he was. I thought he was better for sure. He just like didn't throw that much in the early round and just gave it away. I feel. Well, didn't uh, Espinosa get the fake way seven? Yeah, that and I was like, what the fuck? That was stupid. Like, the third round was only clear out. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't totally opposed to Espinosa getting the decision because no one did much. But oh. it was... I mean, Shelton could have had a better performance. Yeah. And so, like, it's not that he didn't have the skill set to beat Espinosa more decisively. He just didn't. Yeah. And also, like, I don't even like round round two. I just felt like it was a sixty forty round for Shelton, and round three I felt was the clearest um, round in the fight. So two people giving it to um, Espinosa fairly to his was just weird. Yeah, that was just dumb. Um, Chris Gutierrez showing that corner stoppages are not a thing in MMA. Yeah, that was a thirty twenty. That was like round one ten eight, round two ten seven, round yeah. three were nice ten nine. I was triggered for my KO prop. <laughs> That was there. There was no reason for. for just stop the fucking fight for over towel. But what what no benefit was? Yeah, what benefit was Ryan McDonald getting out of that? 
in experience. <laughs> he has all that experience now. Experience the joy of having your leg removed. <laughs> yeah, now he can, you know. Like... No, it's good. Yeah, it's a bit frustrating. It's like $75,000 or something if you finish him with a nice spinny head kick or something. Go do it. <laughs> he really, like, he didn't show urgency, but he also didn't really, like, pour on for the finish when McDonald was done for the last 10 minutes of the fight. Yeah. Like, Marcos Hill won performance of the night. It wouldn't been that hard to beat that. Exactly. Marcos he took her down and armbar. Like, I don't rate Angela Hill that highly, but I didn't expect her to lose that for some reason. I don't really know why. Yeah. Most yeah. of her fights being, like, distance clinch fests or whatever. Like, just... It was weird. I don't rate Ronda Marcos highly enough to expect her to do that to someone who I don't think is terrible. She has, like, early um, takedown stor storms against other girls and can kind of get a top game going, and she stays chest-to-chest -chest well, but she, like, yeah, to get a sub, I thought was really surprising. I mean, it was kind of... Like, Hill looked really bad from the bottom, so I'm guessing that was part of it. But I figured Marcos would just lay and pray, and I think I had a fight goes to decision here in the parlay. Every other hit, so this just it made me. <laughs> wow. Angela Hill fought, um, you know, Souza, Livian Souza, I think her name. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And, fought, and I mean, I think her sub game and top game is better than Marcos, or, or at least her like sub game, maybe not her control game. And Angela like fought it off completely fine. So I, I thought it was kind of just a random occurrence. She's like got caught cold, I feel. She could have devolved, but I don't True. really like the only reason I even know um Lavinia Susan because she the SoundCloud rapper last time. <laughs> it was a really, really bad fight. So I don't rate any of these people highly enough to say, you know, she didn't lose there this way, so she won't lose here this way. Like, most of it just seems really, really random. And that's kind of how I felt about like Alexis Davis versus Jennifer Maya in the sense that neither of them seem to do enough well to yeah the other yeah. and alexis davis kept throwing this like weird lead leg body kick that like stopped maya in her tracks a bunch of times and that was supposed to be like maya the striker and davis the grappler yeah if, the fight heavily if maya and davis fight a hundred rounds it's like 55 45 like <laughs> they just like trade rounds back and forth i feel probably yeah. Um, Vera signs. I don't know, Vera still looks like Marlon Vera. Signs can't get caught. Um, like Vera whipped out of the baseball bats and started going to the back of the head. Yeah, that was bad. Like, I hate how arbitrary that's punished, arbitrarily that's punished. Like, some referees just come in and seem to feel like, today I'm enforcing the rules. Yeah. Like, or stuff like, uh, remember Eric Silver versus, um, some shitty kickboxer five years ago. We got DQ'd for back of the head. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's like Eric. It's like Eric Silver's original. Uh, like when Eric Silver was still good. Yeah. Well, same good. So. <laughs> like, <laughs> Eric Silver versus Color Prizer. Yeah. Twenty-nine yeah. second thing, and he, did, he got DQ'd by punches back of the head, or something like um, Benavidez Perez, where he got like threatened. It's like it's so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. No, I mean I thought. Vera looked pretty good this fight for as long as it lasted. He landed, like, right before the finish. He landed a leg kick into a check hook that looked slick as fuck. It was amazing. Yeah. But, like, it didn't show a ton about either fight. About either guy, rather, because 
it was a pretty quick finish. And I think Sainz got dropped by like a jab and Vera just yeah. piled on and went to the back of the head. So yep. it is what it is. My impressions are both exactly the same. Pretty much. Moffitt, Bobby Moffitt randomly giving away top position with a minute left in the third round and losing the fight. That was amazing. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know why I went for the Dars. Why did he go yeah. for the Dars? Um, it was funny because I, I think in, uh, I was talking to Gugabe live and Gugabe is like, stay on top or something. And then the corner yelled, stay on top to Moffitt. And then Moffitt yeah. went for the Dars and just fell off. Like, like it was like, Gugabe in the corner said it at the exact same time, and I was thinking it too, and then he just gave up position. It was... <laughs> I really enjoyed the fight. It was a very, very good fight, and, you know, scrambles like that, those sorts of fights are really good. Yeah. It seemed winnable for Moffat, but he just let Mitchell take his back and almost choke him out in the last, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I would favor Moffat going forward, to be honest. Like, I feel like yeah. he was more repeatable to go for top position and if he just wouldn't have gone for Darces, I think he would have held top position. I mean, I, I thought he was a little better, the better grappler. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Moffat started. I think Mitchell's a better athlete. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, Moffat's, and Moffat's striking was f- terrible. I know. Like, that, was, that was like one of the rounds he started winning with just walking forward, like not really striking well, but striking enthusiastically enough that Mitchell didn't know what to do, and then just for takedowns from there. I don't think the Dars is a terrible submission to be in love with the way Moffat is, since that's the only thing he seems to ever go for. Like, it's not as well, bad in love with a guillotine, yeah. but it's also not as good as being in love with, like, an arm triangle. Yeah, or back tags or something. Exactly. Like, if you're in love with rear naked chokes, you're probably not going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like he had a few, de- he had a few decent deep ones. It was like he was terrible at them. Like that one before he got gave up his back and got choked for two minutes. It looked like it was in. Yeah. Yeah, there were. I think that was round one or two. One of them, the one which he won, he had a really nice deep darts. Now, um, Macy Barber versus JJ Aldrich. Um, uh, Aldrich was definitely. Aldrich was definitely the high value side. Aldrich was definitely the better fighter. Aldrich was the better fighter. Yeah. By a wide, wide, wide margin. That was dreadful from Barber. I hated Barber it. Barber just kind of ass pulled, yeah. Barber um, won via being bigger and powerful for, like, women's flyweight. Like, the better fighter by, like, an incomprehensible margin. All right, don't crucify me for saying this. And, and I <laughs> just give me I will. I will. I will. I know, I know. But uh, I, I agree that, like... Aldrich clearly looked like the value side in a, in a lot of ways. But one thing is I feel like Barber di- um, didn't fight to kind of her strength yeah. of just clenching it up against the cage. And, and, like, she just fought on the perimeter, and that's where Aldrich is better. And so I just didn't think Barber fought to her skill set. So that was, like, the one argument, I think. Because if you would have told me they were just going to perimeter strike, I would have never bet Barber, you know? Yeah. I mean, even with the odds that were on Barber, I wouldn't have bet Barber because like she was pretty juiced, if I remember correctly. But yeah, you're probably. I, right. I hedged I mean, Aldrich like midway through right round two before she got knocked out because I was like, yeah. Barber could just get on top at any point here, and, it, and like yep. Aldrich was like minus four hundred or five hundred live. I was like, this is there is enough wind path here. 
not to be minus 400, 500. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect he was a knockout. I didn't expect knockout standing, no, but like, you know, if yeah, Barber got on top, she could have just instantly lost. And even if you don't really... like Barber, she can finish fights. Like, she can get on top and she can batter people in the clinch, like, up against the cage. So she has ways to finish. So that was a really good hedge by Gabin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. It's just that I don't think Barber has, like, the actual skills to get into a finishing position against good fighters. Like, JJ Aldrich isn't bad, and she looked very good. Like, I think she's one of the women's fighters that, like, actually worth tuning into after watching her, like, pick apart Viana and now pick apart Barber until yeah. getting kind of dabbed on by a meme straight. But I think Barber isn't real. Like, if you put Barber against... Right, well, there's no one good at women's flyweight except for Shevchenko, and if we go for Shevchenko, I mean, so yeah. I don't fucking know. Some pretend there's a really good fighter, Shevchenko at flyweight. I don't think Barbara would be able to beat them with just finishing power. Yeah, Barbara just seems like another Aspen lad to me. Like she's got good ground power, she's strong for the division. But I just I look at her game and I just you don't see it being. She doesn't say very good. That's kind of the same way I feel about Hermanson. Yeah. Sure, but yeah, I think he's a bit more well-rounded because you know, he has to be, but he's not particularly, yeah, great. Part a little bit, ground and power. Yeah. And ground and power, as I keep saying, is the worst thing to be a specialist at because it's like, you're in a, you're in a fight-winning position, you can win more, good work. <laughs> I mean... Like, you get the can, point? <laughs> like, with Khabib, you can get away with it, but that's only because Khabib's specialty is more wrestling. Where... Yeah, it's not like, being an elite wrestler who also is very good at ground and pound is great, but just have but like that. These guys were just like, I am mediocre as a bad wrestler and I have great ground and pounds. Like, but why? <laughs> How does it help you? Like, yeah, if you knock them down, you win, but you've knocked them down anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, Luis Pena versus Steven Peterson. I'm still not a believer in Pena, but I'm not a believer in Peterson because he's not good at all. But I kind of liked how Peterson approached this one, just like trying to get Pena to gas out as quickly as possible. He missed weight. He just managed not to. And no. Peterson pretty cleanly. Uh, not much to say. Violent Bob Ross is bad. Yeah, pretty much. I agree with that. Um, for Mega Figueroa, no. I was um, disappointed by Figueroa's athleticism. I guess from Morocco, I thought he was like one of these old G.O. Romero figures. Like, he's still athletic, but he just wasn't athletic god. I mean, I was extremely impressed by Formiga here. He fought one. Yeah, true, same. Yeah, Formiga looked great. Like, it was the it was a sort of fight where if it was at a higher weight class, it would be getting a lot more acclaim. Because, like, you know, people don't respect fighters like Figueredo being athletic freaks at lower weight classes. But it's yeah. kind of stereotyped as no one can knock out anyone else. So why do you guys act like being hit is dangerous? But being yeah. hit by Figueredo has proven to be legit dangerous. And, figure, and Formiga just... A, counterpunched the crap out of him early so that Figueredo wouldn't just march forward and punch him. B, yeah. ran into clinches when Figueredo started swinging late. And C, he just was able to stay away from the cage and Figueredo couldn't effectively pressure him. Formiga looked excellent. Like, I think Formiga deserves yeah. Cejudo more than Cejudo deserves a shot at the Benamweight belt. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Benavidez too, obviously. I mean, Formiga Benavidez too wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, that'd be good. I like that fight. It was a really smart performance by him. Just like, really, you could tell he was really prepared, I feel. Yeah, he still absorbed some big shots from Figueroa. Like, there's one uppercut which is like landed flush and like, well, yeah. make barely um, react to that surprise. I was like, yeah, from the previous fights, I thought Figueroa was just insane power. I mean, like, yeah, he, he looked powerful, but he didn't, he didn't look like, yeah, oh my fucking god power. 
I mean, you could kind of say like Figueredo is not exactly like flyweight rumble, but on the other hand, Figueredo also can't like in, in a power sense, he's not flyweight rumble, but he also can't set up his punches nearly as well as rumble did. So against a fighter as good as Formiga, it's not going to cut it to land one shot. Yeah. Like even rumble had DC take that gigantic shot. In it makes sense. Yeah, true. I don't know, just against, um, what's it called, Moraga, just the way that Figueroa just kind of threw him off at certain points, I was just like, holy shit, this guy is, like, one of the five best pound athletes in the sport. And, like, this guy, this fight, he didn't look, like, he looked strong, but he didn't look, like, godly strong. Yeah, fair enough. Um, John McDessie fighting a very conservative fight against um, Jesus Pineda. And Pineda looked really bad because Pineda, like, I don't, I didn't expect him to look good, but yeah. he pretty much just threw flurries at the end of rounds while McDessie kicked the crap out of his lead leg. So, I mean, it's fine. McDessie, clear win. Hopefully, yeah. someone interesting. All right. Yeah. I've lost the page. Yeah. Um, yeah. McDessie, Pineda just kind of. Betrays and stop McDessie really putting a um, stamp on it. Yeah. Um, Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis. Um, uh, I feel a bit ashamed about the Justin Willis pick, but but untracked, they had a huge bet on Blades around three in decision. So, I mean, the go, go over distance there was free money because there was no way in Earth Blades would ever feel like finishing a fight. Yeah, I had a small bet on Willis and a bigger bet on Goes the Distance. Yeah. Blades could have saved, could have like wrecked that bet at any time because Willis was done after round two. Was done after Blades has ever been to a BJJ class, but <laughs> yeah, Blades just couldn't consolidate a position for some reason. Well, you can tell their positions, they just kind of sat there and didn't dig ground the pound and didn't um, go for subs. And I was like, Well, all right, you're doing that, have fun. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not anti this, but it was like, Yeah, I'm glad that Blades was. Possible. In the sense that you know you could get away with a goes the distance for heavyweight. It's like what Blades and two finishes are pretty much what it's. You pretty much um slam the. You pretty much Khabib that um what's his name um the guy who he TKO'd by ACL tear because he just kept slamming him. I don't think he TKO'd Abel Trujillo, but that's the guy he kept slamming. No, Curtis Blades, like um trapping oh, the guy who Milstead. Yeah, exactly. He just he just kept slamming him until eventually he stopped coming up. He didn't. He never really had the same um, ground and power. That was a knee injury. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about blades, and this is something that's like just coming from a wrestling background, it's really clear here. There's guys gr- growing up in like the amateur wrestling circuit that you'll find that who it's called riding legs, putting hips yeah. in. It's called riding legs, and. A lot of people don't like to ride legs because it's unstable and you could get bucked off. But then other people, you know, like can put hooks in and back control really well. And yep. Blades, obviously, if he could put hooks in, he would have fit. He would have flattened out Willis and killed him. But and back mountained him at any time. But Blades just like was a, he. He's one of those guys who just doesn't like to put hooks in. So it's something to always keep in mind going forward with his fights. I feel. Like just looking at Blade's um record, apart from Overeem, like where he ground and pounded them from guard for some reason, he hasn't really been that comprehensive. He hasn't been that good a ground finisher. Like Alainik was that weird head kick on that was that weird um head kick doctor stoppage thingamajig. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like, you know, he, he just doesn't seem like a very natural ground and pound or finisher. Just like, just learn some basic <laughs> fucking jiu-jitsu. If he, you know, plays it, just he put a fucking to... naked choke in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, position. It would have been shitty but it made like a joke, but you still would have probably got them. Oh, you yeah. Don't need the hooks. You don't even need to like... do that to just punch from the back. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah. but if you punch from the back, someone could stand up because you might not have wrist controller anymore or something or like a spiral ride anymore. So I mean, that's true. But Willis was also like, I don't think it would have taken Blades much work to just keep Willis down after round two when Willis oh, was yes. gassed and Blades knew that Willis had no tools to get out from underneath him. Yeah. Just because Blades like this huge, massive um, gap between like visually and name wise, how exciting you think he's going to be. And how he actually fights. Like, yeah. Curtis Blade is a fucking great name. Yeah, I mean, he comes out to the Mortal Kombat theme, and it sounds great. Like, he looks like finish, a fucking Rocky villain. He looks like a Rocky fatality. villain. He got a fatality over Overeem, and he goes on... If you look at any of his fights that aren't the Overeem fight, he looks like the opposite of what his name would suggest. Maybe think it's about Overeem. It was like two rounds of... Uh, like, in the Lame third round, he randomly got, like... He randomly postured up and got a guard KO. It wasn't like he... Took his head off like eventually. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know. Just Curtis Blades, just like just look at him. He just he looks like he should be like the um, UFC um, headliner. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a name that sells pay per views. He has a style which does not. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hate watching him play. I think Blades has potential to be like a big heavyweight, like not really a star, but like a presence in heavyweight. Because A, he has cardio for the weight class, and B, he has a very defined skill. Blades are just go around, do your thing, and it might work because you're powerful. But I don't think he beats Stipe at all, and I don't nope. think he's DC. Nope. And I, I don't think he ever beats Nganu because he's just way too uncomfortable on the feet. So I think he needs some improvements, and he's still pretty young. He's only been fighting for a pretty short time compared to other elite fighters and other weight classes because it's heavyweight. So I think. He could be a big fighter. It's just that right now he won't be in his current form. He's still a top five fighter. I, I give him a decent shot against Lozano. It's heavyweight. It's heavyweight. Yeah. At heavyweight, like as a top five fighter, there's still a gulf between him and Stipe that yeah. usually made up by punching power. But Blades is outside of like that one knockdown against Willis. Yeah. Blades is not a puncher. For heavyweight, he's the opposite of a puncher. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, we already talked about um, Wonder Boy Pettis random meme finish. So uh, summary. What are you talking about? He was setting up the something of something and all <laughs> just as planned. Yeah, I mean Pettis landed like Pettis seemed to have a plan in there. It's just that the finish was disconnected from the plan. So the plan didn't really work, but he had a plan, and the finish did work, but it wasn't based on that plan. So yeah. Good. I guess Pettis. Um, yeah. So summary of UFC Nashville: Formiga's a god. Big titty, go home. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, What's the entertaining UFC, card? I don't. I don't see how UFC Philadelphia can't be significantly better than uh, UFC Nashville. It's March 30th, ESPN Maine, and we start with Alex Perez versus Mark De La Rosa. Well, Perez should probably be better everywhere and just murder him. Because Perez is even bigger, isn't he? I'm pretty sure. Like, he's yeah. finally a flyaway, but he looks physically bigger. 
Perez is so it's a small Vanamite. Yeah, Perez against um against even Benavidez. Benavidez is like an average size flyweight, and Perez kind of dwarfed him. Yeah, I remember the topology. Um, yeah, Perez but, inside but, the distance because of that. Perez is taller and um, has a great has a greater age than um De La Rosa, so yeah. And I also really like how Perez approached the Shorty Torres fight because he knew that most guys take like a while to get into the fight. And Shorty Torres was like, he, he himself said he was a slow starter. So Perez just walked in and beat the shit out of him until, you know, he could never get into the fight. It was kind of the way I expect guys to deal with Cowboy at this point. Just walk like, not, him up until he warms up. I, I put quite a bit on Perez over Torres, but that's because I think Torres sucks. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Like Perez just annihilates him. I was like, "Oh, that's nice. that's nice." I just thought Torres is just bad, bad at fighting, personally. Cause I, I just, that's true too. I, I'm gonna go on the side to attach it about Shorty Torres, but fucking waiting for the other guy to gas out so you can take over for late rounds is not a fucking strategy of flyweight. What the fuck are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> like even like yo, know, he fucking had the greatest miracle meme out against um, Jared Brooks, and ten percent, ninety percent of the time, it doesn't happen. I think. I mean, Brooks. And, I mean, I'm sure Tim right? is about to explain right. how in wrestling the um, self knockout is a um, valuable tool for um, <laughs> anybody looking to intimidate their opponents. I've seen that happen like two times in my entire life, and I've seen like I've seen happen in rugby. millions of wrestling <laughs> matches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen happen in rugby once. That was funny. Like, this guy just like dived for a uh, into a rock and just somehow came out the other side unconscious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Perez is at minus three thirty, so probably. And I don't know much about De La Rosa, so I'd probably pass even on the plus two seventy. Um, Sabina Mezo versus Marina Morose. I have no strong feelings about this fight. <laughs> I mean, do you all? Do you all have any strong feelings about this fight? There's a lot of M's in the names. Um. I'd say that's it. a good it's point. Like, Morose is like an air puncher who throws like a ton of output and lands five percent of her strikes. Like she fought Angela Hill and did that. And then uh, so she... the other girl is like a newcomer. Um, Saram, her, her, Sabina Mazo, she's a newcomer. She she looks pretty similar to Morose. Uh, she might have a little more pop, be a little more accurate. I'm I'm not betting on the fight though. <sighs> Probably fight goes to decision minus three twenty parlay fodder, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've said that before, and it ended up like I remember saying that with the last um the Whitmire fight where it ended in RNC in like thirty seconds. And you have to be careful you know, when submissions are in play for for that bet with women. Sure. It usually the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, this should be safe, and then it just ends in a random meme way. Not even a meme way; it just ends like randomly, where you'd never expect it to end that way. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, Paul Kenny. I kind of, I kind of want to fight Borg, but these guys are fighting against them. I just aren't good enough. I mean, how many, how many times has Borg's opponent changed? Uh, since he last had the fight, I think it was like seven cancellations. Yeah, he's had Please like check. he's had like nine people booked to face him at this event. Oh, not in this event. But yeah, that Ping and Lou and Kyle Phillips also booked for this event, and he also had Joseph Benavidez and Brandon Marino three times. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Like the guy can't anyway, take a break. Lou was uh, clearly them giving him a fucking was them giving him a free win. Carla Phillips was them giving him a free win. I, I give Casey Kenny a bit of shot when I do Carla Phillips. 
but yeah, because I mean Kenny's ranked, and I have no idea why. Like I think I'm pretty sure he's this is his first time fighting in the UFC, and he's number fifteen. What? Yeah, Casey what? Kenny is number fifteen. What flyweight? Yeah, but it says this fight's at bantamweight. Yeah, well, the flyweights because they've only got like fifteen flyweights. Yeah, but I mean, it's still kind of a bad look to say Casey Kenny, like a debutante, is number fifteen. Yeah, true. I'm sure, there are literally more than fifteen flyweights on the roster. Probably just going by whoever's fighting there, whoever's fighting soonest, so they can stack, slap a um, number next to their name. No, I'm pretty sure he was number fifteen before he fell in against Borg. He fell in against Borg like or two, I want to say, and. He's been number 15, and that's been laughable for a long time. Yeah, true. My should be because I feel like his... What is his skill set? It's really... It's pretty much submission, defense, and athleticism. Moore's a legit good scrambler, and... Good scrambler. I remember scoring the Formiga fight against him, but the fact that he had a close fight with Formiga was pretty impressive to me, because Formiga's amazing. So, assuming that all the time out of the cage hasn't diminished him... I think he should handle Kenny because, you know, he um, isn't, like, from what I've seen, Kenny isn't amazing. But do you guys know it? Like, so I'm surprised. I I've heard his name Kenny before, but he uh, like, he was like a state champion wrestler, and he wrestled. Um, he he's a Big Ten wrestler too. So is have, have you guys seen him fight? Like, is he any good? Because Borg isn't that great of like. Yeah. Fight. He doesn't throw output or anything. Yeah, that's essentially what I was thinking. I watched him to type. In case Kenny did look good, that's why I'm sort of. I'm mean, just like, if he was a little bit better or more proven, I'd actually be picking him here. I mean, I think Casey. I think Kenny looked good. But it's also worth noting that he's faced pretty much worthwhile. Where yeah. Borg, I think I trust Borg more as a grappler, as a grappler, and in the clinch with better fighters. Where Kenny, like, yeah, he has that one, um, that one knockout and stuff, and he's looked good for a regional fighter. But I think this is one of those fights where you see um, the golf. Yeah, this is the one fight I haven't taped, and I- I'm gonna I'm gonna tape it tonight. I just like, yeah, I mean, he has like a legitimate wrestling background, so it's like he's yeah. So, so, so I'm intrigued, but I mean, yeah. and the way Borg fights, like he does scramble, but he's not that hard to take down. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. He, like he scrambles and will like sometimes take your back, but I feel like. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna deep tape this one because I feel like there's a good chance Kenny could just out wrestle him here. Um, it's like plus three hundred, isn't it? There'll be another out wrestling yeah, like yeah. um, what do you call it? Um, what was a fight two weeks ago? Uh, the main English wrestling one. Oh, uh, Grundy. Exactly. We another comp- comprehensive out wrestling like Grundy versus Naramani. <laughs> Yeah, Grundy every, truly outclassed him with his wrestling. Everyone nailed Grundy just chain wrestling the shit out of Naramani, didn't they? I know it looked like it looked like a better career it could be. <laughs> Those motherfuckers! <laughs> I'm so mad that everyone got that fight right for the wrong reason. But yeah. I'll, I, I'm gonna tape this one pretty hard because I, I feel like plus two sixty and Borg. I do not think Borg's that good personally. Like, uh, yeah, I, he just doesn't have much offense. That I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I oh yeah. He... is good for flyweight, just in the sense that he's faced very good fighters and come out. With the exception of Demetrius Johnson, he hasn't really been dominated. And he's giving up a lot of size too. Fight was wide. The Scoggins fight was wide, but you know, I kind of have to respect a guy who could come out with a close win on the other end of a fight against 
Formiga. So true. I think Borg more as a grappler. It's just that the wrestling is a little bit worrying if you were to bet Borg. You know, Borg is not particularly playable. Because, I mean, he hasn't really beaten any good wrestlers. Like, I mean, his win, Shane Howell, Chris Pilot, I don't even know who the fuck that is, Gian Herrera, Luis Smolka, and then a random really good win, Husir Formiga. And then, like, he lost to Dustin Ortiz, he lost to Justin Scoggins, and he lost to Mighty Mouse. And, like, I see, like, like, wrestling is kind of a common denominator in some of their games. So, like, I I haven't... So, so I don't know. This is interesting. Like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna definitely take this hard because I feel like there's an opportunity here. I mean, I know Johnson beat Borg mostly with wrestling, but Scoggins pretty much outstruck him at distance, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly I, I Scoggins's game. Right, right, yeah. I need to watch the Ortiz fight again, but Ortiz is very good. So I mean, I can't really hold a split decision loss to Ortiz system, but yeah, I have to watch because um, I didn't know a ton about Kenny's wrestling background, but. Yeah. If it's, you know, as good as you suggest, he has a good chance. I mean, he has a good chance here, and especially at plus 260. He's a lot bigger. He's probably lot bigger. the value side. Yeah. Borg was, a, was like a small, was like a small mid-sized flyweight. Yeah, I mean, I might take this and find out that Borg should own, but I mean, it's just like plus 260 with a pretty good background. I'm definitely going to, it's definitely worth the research. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Gerald Mearshard versus Kevin Holland. Two people throwing themselves at each other over and uh, this is going to be the night. Mishart is definitely value where he is or where he was. He's now clo- he's now closing down quite so quite heavily, but I mean yeah. plus one seventy. I I cap this pretty much at evens because these two guys they don't know how to control themselves. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I know. It's like Howland like is probably has the deeper skill set and is the better striker, but like he's really he'll just like randomly throw a flying arm bar and end up on his back and Mearshart isn't bad from top position. But like if Holland just fights like an idiot, Mearshart might be given a win. So but I mean I feel like I, it's almost a given that they're both going to fight like idiots because for the <laughs> most part they have in the past. Yeah. Mearshart fought really, really, really stupid against Hermanson. And the two fights before that, he had to mount comebacks, even though he was known as a really good grappler and he's got outclassed on the ground for a round or just randomly warming up. So, is not better. Piotr Piotr, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Yeah, Oscar Piotr is a high level grappler. That cardio clip he had in that fight was amazing. I mean, Mearshart was clearly losing that fight until he just randomly hit like a burst of energy right as Pihota seemed to start gassing and he just hit him with a bisping level flurry. It was amazing. Pihota was like had like a Mickey Gold Diego Sanchez cardio fall off. <laughs> he just randomly died. Um can Mearshart finish him? Like I, I wonder if I mean Mearshart's a pretty opportunistic finisher, I feel. Like Yeah, Mearshart pretty much I'm I don't think there's some sort of stat out there. Mearshart doesn't tend to win Decisions. Most of his wins are finishes. Yeah. And against Hermanson, that kind of worked to his detriment because he kept pulling guillotines for no reason. Or at least he did that once. I remember one time he went for a lat drop and just failed and ended up underneath um, Hermanson. But he has two wins by decision in a 28 fight or 28 win career. 
Yeah, he's also one of these guys who does this thing that John Fitch does too. He'll give up his back to kind of like try to then turn into your guard and get top position. So he'll like sacrifice getting his back taken so he can scramble out. So, and, and Holland is someone who I feel like would just like fall over if he, you know, like if he had his back. So I guess what I'm yeah. trying to say is this fight's going to be a fucking shit show. Yeah, he has three decisions overall in a 38-fight career. I don't see this <laughs> in the distance of both of them just, like, keep doing stupid stuff that yeah. flies at each other and keeps either from getting the, um, the finish. Like, Mearshart has him knocked out and just goes for a toehold or something. But... I mean, grand middleweight tradition, um, Mearshart will just retreat across the cage 15 minutes whilst I have whilst I have swear at him. <laughs> Philip's fucking... Uh, Philip's marsh is still fucking... That fight is disgusting. It's all fucking Marshman. <laughs> I blame it on Marshman. I blame it on Marshman. Yeah, because like, yeah, at least Phillips was trying. And then Marshman got randomly rewarded the decision. <laughs> I mean, Phillips is dreadful, but, you know, he gave it a shot. Participated. Yeah, he dropped him. In the wind, yeah. Um, um, Aquila Barzola. I'm tempted by Barzola because I feel like in the day, I just, I just enjoy wrestle fucking. But, I don't know, I'm just, I'm leaning off this one. I remember Aguilar had a good showing against uh, Rick Glenn last time. I'm thinking of the yeah. Rick um, And Rick Glenn is, he's, Rick Glenn is one of those, like, spoiler-type fighters. So, having a good performance against him, he was a pretty good sign. But, Barzola, like, I remember Barzola having no finish. Ever. Yeah. So, fight goes to decision, minus 285, seems about right. Um... Yeah, I feel like Aguilar's probably the more polished striker here. Um, and I'm probably betting Aguilar at minus 105 at evens. I think I favor Aguilar based on the strength of the Rick Glenn performance. Um, but, you know, it's winnable for both. Yeah, it's definitely winnable for, for both. Uh, I think Barzola will get takedowns here, but the pro- problem with him, and, and like uh, Aguilar had a fight in the contender series against Joey Gomez where he has been taken down and I watched some of his other fights but uh he has a, he, he's pretty well rounded like he can scramble back up and Barzola will definitely get his double leg going like he like pushes you up against the cage and like locks hands he's really good at it it's just he doesn't have the best top control so I kind of worry I think it's going to be like a, I think it's going to be a close fight and I expect Barzola to win the early round the first round for sure because he starts fast, and then I expect like Aguilar to maybe be stopping the takedowns later and and being the better striker. So I I think it's a close fight. Oh shit! Um, Demetrius Johnson and Matty Alvarez are fighting this weekend. I knew what was happening eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. I was I was out the odds and just always saw that's the odds for um, those two. Uh, that's. <laughs> yeah, one I say one I must be this weekend. Cool. <laughs> Anyway, back to um, generic um, grindy featherweights. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with uh, moving on from this fight. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> moving on to the, Ross Person versus Des Green. Oh, oh, I know. That's no more interesting. Do what you want. <laughs> um, Ross Person should have retired a while ago. Ross Person, I, on the one well, he's hand, actually, he's actually hanging in other. fights. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a thing. He got beat up by McDessie. But then, like, he still had some, he still had some, um, like, success. Did he? I remember him just getting, like, jabbed up and then getting... 
he got beat up. I just watched that. I fought, in the, I fought in the third round like they somehow made, he somehow managed to make it a brawl and he had a bit of success. He still clearly lost like a very 27, but I remember there was like one round where he was like brawling. Just I mean, going he kind of made it a brawl, but Magdessi still outclassed him in the pocket and just yeah. beat yeah. him. I think that was a 30-26. I had round three at 10-8. Yeah. So I think I, I, I had... Um... I um better fair bit of MacDessy, but I remember there was something which made me a bit stressed out about it. So I was like, I guess one it was more entertaining when I remembered. I mean, there anyway. was a point where MacDessy basically had him like he was hitting him every single time he swung, and MacDessy just pointed to him and asked the referee to stop it because Parison was just like, he was a zombie. It was insane. Yeah. But you know, maybe, maybe I had MacDessy decision. That's why I remember it being being a hard um oh. bet. <laughs> I mean, Desmond Green. Going to pose the same sort of problems. I'd be surprised if he did. Um, Pearson, Pearson winning this purely off volume would not shock me. I mean, based off his last fight, Pearson still has like a chin because McDessie was cracking him hard and often and he didn't go down. I don't think, I don't think Green can like, you know, pour on the volume on Pearson just because that's not how he fights. Green is. Low volume to a fault, and it's annoying to watch. Like I remember yep. Tebow, he just kind of stood there when he had Tebow done for a while. No, it was annoying. I hate, I hated that fight. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the odds where Green is nearing minus five hundred, he's a minus four forty five, but he was at like minus four hundred just a couple hours ago. I remember, um, it was. What's passing the decision? This is like a wide stab. Plus 475. Yeah, I think that's value. Just because, I mean, yeah, do we trust Green to do enough to win the decision? The the other one that I was looking at in this fight was uh, right now, Green, uh, you guys probably won't agree with this, but just like um, Green inside the distance, like I know he's not much of a finisher, he's plus 360, and like his KO might be plus 500, and Pearson is like really hittable. I mean, I mean, like I know yeah. Green is doesn't throw all much volume, but he is a faster fighter, and he 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 has KOs on the regional scene against decent competition. He just like he's fought a lot of guys who are just better than him, yeah. you know. So like, I I could see like Pearson's been KO'd before, so if if that's like plus five hundred, I might take a stab at that too because yeah. I don't want to. But I, I'd much rather play that than Green minus four fifty. You know. Yeah. And, uh, true. I think that's fair, but as like I think the Desi fight showed that Pearson has like a little bit left, and unless Green shows some urgency in finishing the fight, I think Pearson is just gonna zombie forward. Yeah, yeah. what I got out of that McDessie fight is like Pearson. Pearson was getting hit with hard shots, kind of in the third round, and I I feel like uh McDessie wasn't throwing a lot of headshot a lot of headshots so because you know how he'll throw a lot of like kicks. Um, yeah. And I I do think Desmond Green has a pretty good straight left punch, and he's knocked out orthodox fighters before with it. So I think I think it's just like I mean I'm not saying it's gonna happen. It's less than fifty fifty, but if it's plus five hundred, I don't like I don't give yeah, a fuck. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, I just feel like you, you can like there'll be like a bad Des Green knock Des Green will knock him down brutally, and then we'll sit there just jerking off for thirty seconds, and you'll just be swearing at him. Oh yeah, probably. I'm fairly sure that's going to happen that bet. It's like, yeah, there'll be like some point where Desgrain knocks him down, stealing around. He was down thirty punches in anyway. Avengers, <laughs> <laughs> master, Avengers, yeah, just bang. <laughs> um, 
Marina Rodriguez versus Jessica Aguilar. How about no? Yeah, I don't. What are the odds for this one? The odds are... She's going to dominate Aguilar. Minus 340 plus 280 Aguilar. I don't know. Uh, Shaman versus Sadiq. Actually, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I love Shaman. Shaman's amazing. Shaman's like consistently underrated by bookmakers. By bookmakers, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I mean, like, he beat Arce, and Arce like he was incredible. He was plus three fifty to Arce at one point. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that should that should have been fifty fifty. Like, yeah, in my opinion, the way that fight went played out, it should have been like, yeah, I think, I think like Shaman was like fifty-five, forty-five. Yeah. I don't think he would, I don't think he should have been a massive favorite, but he definitely should have been a favorite. I mean, I kept Shaman as a pretty big favorite here against Yusuf because yeah. Shaman has proven to be the more polished striker, and he's beaten the more polished strikers. And I actually really like Shaman's clinch game because um, he does like a legitimate Muay Thai style clinch, um, the long clinch. I think he did this in the Arce fight. I know for a fact in the sales fight where um, he does like a sort of. It's not quite a double call. It's hard to explain, but like he pinches his opponent's head in between his arms and puts like his head in their chin, where he can just yeah. start like, going at their body with knees. A real tactic that you don't see often. And um, Yusuf is probably a front loader, given how fast he executed the Australian top team guy. Yeah. So I think Shane. I already have a bet on Shaman, and I'll probably put a bet on Shaman inside the distance. Because I just have a feeling that Yusuf fades down the stretch, and Moraes has that same quality. But it's, you know, it's a it's a great fight. I like the matchmaking because Yusuf's getting a step up without it being like immediately ranked guy after the um, the Mokhtarian finish. Also, watching the um, watching Yusuf's regional type, if Yusuf isn't blitzing people, he just sort of Torrin Woodley's. He just like backs himself up to the cage and cocks his right hand. Or Cox's back at the rear hand, and it's just like, well, all right, it's nice, but it's a dumb, it's always a dumb strategy. Like, even if Yusuf had shown like real technical striking before, I don't think I'd rate it that highly because it hasn't been against good competition. But yeah. if face kind of shit competition, including in the UFC, and his tech game also hasn't looked good, is concerning. It's a guy like Shaman. Like the less Mokhtarian would be is like mediocre RFA LFA fight. He's not even like he's not even like good enough to be an RFA champion. So really, who gives a shit? Yeah, the yeah, only the only like good fighter I feel like he fought was I, I I do think that guy in the contender series was actually, yeah Mike Davis looks good. He, he, he was decent, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, like, and what I got like so I feel like that fight. That was like the most complete striker he's fought. So I feel like that was the fight you really got to kind of see how this might go versus Marais. And yeah. you, you saw he like you got it. You probably saw this. He relied yeah. like the reason he won that fight was the leg kicks. Like he, he kept throwing yeah. low low kicks. And Shaman Marais checks kicks like a like a motherfucker. Like I, I don't yeah. think they're gonna affect him. Like Marlon Marais kept throwing him, and he stopped yeah. after the first like minute because they kept checking him and. So I think that's a huge factor that the, the leg kicks won't be there for Yusuf, and then that will just like limit his offense. Yeah, I'm very excited for Marais moving forward. I know he lost to Zabit, but you know Zabit is Zabit. Like I don't think Zabit super highly, but he did just beat Stevens, and Marais gave him a legitimately good fight on the feet at least. So yeah, that was Zabit actually grappling, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he made Zabit show some urgency to grapple. 
Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think moving forward, guys is going to be interesting, and I hope he continues to be disrespected by the bookies the way he has here and against Arsenal. Yeah. The betters are all over it though. Like I got him at yeah. plus one sixty like two days yeah. ago, and he's down to plus one twenty five. So like people are hitting him. Yeah, I got like yeah, a, I, I got plus one fifty for Ace. So yeah, same thing. Nice. All right, next fight the um degenerate main event. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Safarov oh scored represent. <laughs> this is the Safarov fight of this week. <laughs> this is my favorite sort of fight. Okay. Around the okay. UFC, UFC vet light heavyweight is being disrespected as wide dog to regional. Who, what the fuck? Who the fuck? I mean, calling Paul Craig a UFC vet is. He's well, like five fights. I mean, he had five fights, but he also. How many UFC lost... wins do you have? He's lost... He's gone two, three, I believe. Exactly. And one of those wins was an ass pull in the literal last second of the fight. I have not been impressed by Paul Craig since his first fight in the UFC. I feel like Craig against Cruz in the second round actually showed a bit more like skill. Like he showed a bit more awareness. He was willing to go for takedowns and shit. Like against Cruz, I felt like he showed progress. I'm not sure how highly I rate Cruz, but to be yeah, perfectly honest, fair enough. But he, he seems okay. I, I, I think he's a bit he's, he's a bit slow. But again, he looked faster against Alves, so who knows. I mean, I think it's fair to have Craig a dog against um, Kennedy. I'm not going to try the last name. Kennedy's had one real fight, which he was a split yeah. decision against Anthony Burson. I mean, his only asset is being having long arms. <laughs> I think Nigerian. That's like I got to. That's that's it. What, I, what I'm capping I mean, Kennedy. Kennedy is not a good striker, but Paul Craig is a uniquely bad striker. I think that's the way I put it. Paul Craig is just. He's really, really, really awkward on the feet. And yeah. I think it's fair, considering that Craig is not a particularly good wrestler, to consider him a slight to moderate dog against an athletic guy who can punch people hard. Kenny really, hasn't really shown incredible athleticism, my opinion. Like, he's Nigerian, but, like, yeah, he's got huge, <laughs> he's got this huge, uh, he's got this huge reach. But apart from that, I, I've never really seen him as being um, crazy um, quick or anything. I mean, and Craig the Burzen is tough. fight wasn't encouraging since Burzen looked it early and threw away the fight, kind of. Yeah, but like, yeah, Burzen had a deep choke the second he went, the moment he went for a takedown and never did it again. As you yeah, do. I mean, I'm not super, like, I'm very convinced that Paul Craig is not very good. And yeah. not too convinced by Kennedy last Contender Series fights. But I think that's enough for me to say that it's fine that he's a minus one eighty five dog, and it's not like some drastic miss line. It's you know I'd I'd be fine with taking Craig here. I just wouldn't because I don't trust Craig to do anything good or smart. Well, but he gets Kurt, at least he showed like urgency towards takedown. He went for, he went for like for eleven takedowns. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, if, yeah if, day, if you watch like him, he, that's what he does. He he loves takedowns. Like. He goes for that, and then he tries to sub you. He did it all in the regional scene too. Like, um, yeah. and the only times he hasn't done that is whenever he just wasn't good enough. Like, even yeah. against Magma uh, Ankalaev, he got some takedowns. Like, he, it's just yeah. like Ankalaev oh, yeah, he just got reversed immediately. I remember Ankalaev yeah. got a takedown from his knees. It was insane. Yeah, but but that that's Paul Craig's game. He he tries to take you down and tries to sub you, and almost all of his wins are by sub. And I think this fight, like, I'm just gonna play Paul Craig sub. Because I think there's a really good chance he subs him. Um, 
I, I don't. Yeah. I, I think it's sub or bust personally. But he might sub him like ninety percent of the time. Who the fuck knows? So, yeah, I yeah. think that could honestly be a thing where just like Kennedy, Kennedy is terrible off his back. Yeah. Uh, Craig is yeah. Craig's at least definitely could go for takedowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. K- Kennedy, uh, who was that fucker on the uh, contender series? He almost got anaconda against. You kept saying his name. Person. Yeah. Um. He gives right whenever he gets taken down. What he does is he turns over and kind of gives up his back. And I feel like Craig, whenever he takes you down with his double leg, he uses his right, uh, like own leg to kind of trap you. you, Do you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so like, so like whenever you fall down, you can't turn over. He kind of tries to trap you down. So I could easily see him getting a takedown and subbing this kid. Like it. And he almost got anaconda off a of transition, and Paul Craig has gotten guillotines and transitions really similar yeah. to that. So, yeah, I think it's sub. I think it's sub or bust. I don't think if he gets if he doesn't get the submission, I think he's going to get fucked up standing. Even though I don't think Kennedy's striking's good, it's just Craig's is really bad. Yeah, and Kennedy does have the reach advantage. Yeah, yeah, and I just Craig versus I feel like I saw progress from Craig. I'm not saying yeah, he didn't win the fight, but in the second round. He just looked like he was actually he was putting a bit to bit to get something closer to a UFC style standard striking and wrestling game. And yeah. you know that could that could be enough against a man who has had one real fight. Like yeah, it's probably possible Kenny just knocks him out in the first round. But just like you got to respect the guys who've actually been hung in the UFC. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Like yeah, you know, it's just like people. People pick the fight heavyweight. I feel like people look at the existing veterans and they're like, "Oh, I saw Safarov lose lose to John Valanti, and John Valanti sucks." Like Safarov ultra sucks. You don't understand how shit the regionals are at light heavyweight. So putting as a favorite against some fucker who's going eighth and no in the regionals, like there's still gulfs between UFC light. Even if UFC light heavyweights are bad, there's still a big gulf between John Valanti and random regional light heavyweights. Apart from Oleg Sajic, because fuck the Oleg Sajic. <laughs> Oleg Sajic, yeah. the notorious body hunter. Oh, the, the body, yeah, the body basher. Just yeah, that, that was F forty. I was, I did the tape, and I thought Valanti might edge out the decision, but I saw that the body shot just coming. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Next fight: Michelle Waterson versus Karolina Kovalkiewicz. This isn't the fight I feel super strongly about. But I think Kovalkiewicz probably wins it. She's better in yeah. and she's capable at distance. And I think the last fight that Watterson had, um, it kind of flattered her because. Yeah. You know. I thought her Herrick was kind of winning that fight up to that like massive judo throw in the second. Well, it seemed like dry. Getting... Um, I gave Herrick. I gave Herrick round one. First half of round two, like you know, she was edging him up in it. The Waterson in the first round was just kind of kicking the distance. Herrick was punching. And I think, yeah, I had Herrick edging the first round. Then, like, Watson hits this massive judo throw in the second, lands on her, and seems to completely drive all breath from her body. I'll, I'll take a rewatch because that's not a fight that, you know, I paid a ton of attention to live. I remember scoring it for um, Watson, obviously, pretty soundly. Because... I gave Watson 29 28, but I felt like there, there was there was that huge throw in the second, which is like a big pivot point. Yeah, fair and I remember thinking, I've Her- I've, I think I had Herrick edging the first round, and the second round, Herrick was actually like putting the, putting a game together, and yeah. she gets tossed, and like she just seemed that yeah, it was it was a massive slam. You could see like on her face that she lost pretty much. Yeah, you know, she got winded badly. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think Watterson's going to be able to do that to Kovalkiewicz. No. Kovalkiewicz is actually pretty decent in the clinch. And, um, and volume, too. Like a big yeah. discrepancy here. Yeah, I mean, Watterson, from what I've seen, she's mostly just like a bunch of kicks, and she doesn't yeah. even throw them that often. So it should be a pretty sound Kovalkiewicz win. And I think it's lined pretty correctly. Kovalkiewicz at minus 155, Watterson plus 135. I think that's pretty fair. If I were to bet anyone, it would probably be Kovalkiewicz. It yeah. like line it a bit wider if it had to be like relined, but um, like maybe Kovalkiewicz by decision. But even that's only plus one hundred seven. So yeah, yeah, sounds about right. How old is that? how old is Watson these days? Thirty. Like know, women, women, the women don't hit the athletic cliff the same way men do. I don't think throw. I thought she was like four. I thought she was almost forty for some reason. Thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was almost. I thought she was almost forty. It was like, yeah, it might one day just stop being athletic, but now it's okay. Um, all right, Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. Uh, I think everybody really likes Michael Johnson's chat, so we can move on. Um, Michael Johnson is the goat. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying away. Uh, like, I think yeah, he'll same. dominate unless the Emmett wrestles. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much I mean, I caught Johnson at plus 100. So yeah. I'll slap Johnson KO at, like, what are you? I'm, I'm targeting Johnson KO, but apart from that, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. What's, oh, there we go. Price, oh, I'm looking forward to the fight because Johnson's awesome and he's fun to watch. And Emmett doesn't stand at range like Andre Feely did, willing to lose I've the got... Plus 333 right. for Johnson KO. Yeah, it's wow. okay. That's good. That's a good line. I think that's well. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'll probably um, hit KO 1 because I feel like Johnson tends to fall, fall off a bit when he's not knocking people out immediately. Just wave strikes. I mean, he kind in the like, past. He, he, but against, like, it doesn't mean much to beat the crap yeah. Artem. But against Artem, round 3, he pretty much started warming up. Yeah. So he's just inconsistent in every possible sense. I don't think you can... Think, think of Emmett, like, a big part of it would just be how confident is Emmett taking strikes? So, I mean, like, Kokoro 1 could just be a thing, because, like, could just be, like, Emmett just gets hit hard and just collapses. Like, I can see Emmett, because from what I've seen from Emmett, he kind of just, yep. like, circles the outside and explodes forward with big, committed hook combination. Yep. Like, yep. He, he has the ability to pressure, but, um, well, like, in bursts, he can come forward in bursts. He just decides not to, like even against Lamas when he had Lamas on the back foot, he tried to draw Lamas in. So I think if tries to do that, Johnson will be forced into a pressuring role. And if Johnson's forced into a pressuring role, he's actually better on the on the front foot than he is on the back foot. But on the other hand, I can also see Emmett just coming out, being very scared for his face and shooting for his life. Yep. Yeah. How that goes against Michael Johnson. So. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting on. I'm getting on that. So I'm KO pop a little bit. Fifty-fifty. I split it half half. I'm KO one and KO. I'm just concerned enough about Johnson, like not showing a ton of urgency uh, to get the finish, that I'm willing to stay on Johnson uh, just money line. But I'll probably put a yep. little bit of Johnson KO. Yep. Um. Next fight, David, the executive branch, against Jack Herman, and. Branch looked really, really bad in his last fight. Branch historically hasn't looked amazing, um, as opposed to the, uh, well, with the exception, rather, of the uh, Chiapas Santos fight, where he knocked him out in, like, two minutes. But 
I feel like Branch at plus 105 is kind of the value side here, just because I don't rate Hermanson's skill set too highly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really torn on this fight. Like, I, I could see either guy winning a decision by a variety of ways. I could see either guy finishing each other in a variety of ways. Like, Ooh, I, I don't I think, really see Branch finishing. I, I mean, uh, I could see Branch getting like some type of like anaconda choke or something. Like, her, her man's been susceptible to that before. Um, or I, I, I could even try Branch just like tagging him early i don't know like, like probably not but i, I just yeah. it. why is fight ends inside the distance 1.47 what the fuck <laughs> i mean it's middleweight i mean yeah i just like i like branch either being just like maintaining top position or just being good enough not to um get ground and powder just doesn't seem like implausible to me a clinch fest yeah, branch against jaco like i know hermanson like against talus ladies he was in some really bad positions but Branch also, he just kind of sat in Jotko's guard, where Jotko isn't, like, Jotko can grapple, but he's not an amazing grappler, and Branch kind of has that, like, Renzo reputation, yeah. when he just sat in Jotko's guard whenever he got him down. So, I think the fight is likely to go to decision. Yeah. I kind of favor Branch. Just because I don't know how good Hermanson is when he's not able to get the takedown or not able to get the guy down, the guy down like Mearshart yeah. off on the ground. Um, I'm not a fan of Hermanson on the feet, just because from what I remember from him, he kind of just bounces around and doesn't do much with it. So I don't know if Branch is the guy to take advantage of that, but he might be able to. One one thing I could see in this fight is I could see them clinching up a lot because one, I think both of them might find each other like, find themselves not being able to take the other one down, like, going for a single leg and then someone, like, driving him up against the cage and just being a lot of clinching. And I do think Hermanson is a little bit better of, like, finding opportunities to strike from the clinch. He did it all to Scott Askham. I watched that fight. So, because uh, there was a lot of clinching with Branch and jo Joko, if you remember, like, a ton of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That one was mostly Branch's holding Jetco against the fence. Yeah, so I could see some of that happening, and I do think Hermanson's a little more offensive with his strikes there. But it's just like it's a tough fight. Like I, I'm not confident either way. Yeah, I remember you were feeling strongly about Hermanson before. Until I taped, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then I found is just a weird just like, fighter. Yeah, he is. He has like he gave Rockhold more trouble than he had a right to, and then he killed Santa, and then he got knocked out by Cannoneer somehow. So. And Hermanson might do what Rockhold did because I know Rockhold's top game's like amazing, but yeah. he didn't really earn what he did off Branch. Like he kind of just like yeah. mounted him from a quick takedown. And Hermanson will do things like that. So that's another thing. I could see Hermanson just like also just I could see Branch winning like for a while and then Hermanson just like getting on top of him like that and then pounding him out. So it's like it's just a fight I'm not confident in. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Branch's like career trajectory at this point because given how Jackery Weidman went, Jackery would have you know murdered him. But the fact that Branch had the Jackery fight and then Rockhold getting injured took the Jackery fight away from him for some reason, and then Branch's fight Cannoneer for no reason, it was really really stupid. So I'm rooting for him here because you know he needs a win and his career at this point kind of looks like a tragedy. 
Like, we're just um, all we watched the um, who, who um, Kate Slam KO'd um, David Branch back in the day. Gerald, Gerald Harris. Harris. Yeah, let's always replay that. That, that. That's that's a good monument to his career. <laughs> um, yeah, main event. This one is going to be an absolute snoozer. Uh, Edson Barboza versus Justin Gaethje. Uh, she has narrowed significantly. I remember getting Gaethje at 150. It's plus 260. It's like plus 160 for a bit. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Oh, over here, he's like a plus 115. Which... Uh, yeah, so he was plus 160 at the worst, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, Gaethje started out at minus 105, and then he got bet to plus 154, and now he's back to plus 112. I would have a very, very, very wide favorite here. I would have Gaethje a very wide favorite. Because uh, I felt it's a big enough chance of just getting his head knocked off that like I would make him a wide favorite. I, mean, I definitely would make him a favorite. I mean, I'd consider Gaethje like a minus three hundred, minus four hundred, just because I think Barboza is enough of an open book against Gaethje's preferred approach. And yeah. Gaethje, like Barboza, isn't the kind of back kicker that he's going to be able to like stand his ground against Gaethje and like kick his head off on the entry unless. Gaethje gives him space to set up the kick in the first place. He caught Lee on the way in because, you know, Lee, he pressured, but he didn't pressure as aggressively as Gaethje usually does. Like against, I don't know, um, Khabib just kind of ran at him. Barboza was able to throw a perfect wheel kick, but he wasn't able to time it that it actually landed with any power. And I think that's kind of how this fight's going to go. Or like, Barboza's going to look for the Hail Mary, but Gaethje's going to prove to be a sound pressure fighter and beat the crap out of him as he tries to run out of harm's way every single time. No, it's fair. Um, what, one thing I will say, I, uh, the thing I worry about with Gaethje is like, Barboza is really, really tough. And if it gets to like the second or third round, Gaethje doesn't really pressure as much as he does kind of early. Like, if you watch the Poirier fight, and then Poirier kind of ate him up to the body with with punches, and I kind of worry if, like, Gaethje doesn't get Barboza out of there, if Barboza kind of just starts, like, it, eating him up with, like, kicks to the body whenever he gets a little more stationary. So, uh, that's something I kind of just, like, saw on tape, but I don't I don't know if that, that's, like, a worry you have, Saram, but um, that was just something I kind of saw that worried me a little bit for Gaethje. So. I mean, I think is generally harder to back up than Barboza is because Barboza is just not confident in the pocket at all. I mean, Barboza pocket stuff when he can like dictate the entries, but if Gaethje's coming forward, I feel like Barboza is going to be the one to leave, and he just doesn't have the footwork to stay in the middle, especially under, yes. which means that he's not going to really get a chance to plant and kick the body or plant and punch the body if he doesn't get a chance to, you know, plant. And he's not confident enough to stay in the pocket to plant. So I think Gaethje just, you know, kicks the crap out of his legs, beats him up on top. Barboza is freakishly tough. Uh, well, Barboza's chin is like, like when he first came to the UFC, it looked shit. Like, yeah, he got locked the fuck out by Jamie Varner. Cerrone dropped him with a jab and got that submission, which is essentially KO. Like, but now I think there's since... more anomalies than the recent... Yeah. Like, yeah, like caught him with a jab when his eyes were like closed. So, yeah. I and also, he hasn't really been um like he's been brutalized lately, but he hasn't really been hit hard in the feet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 
I mean, the Ferguson fight was pretty grueling, one of that was more attrition, so. Yeah, that's what I mean, like, yeah, like, Lee and Khabib, it was like, I think ground and pound's more a function of toughness than his chin. Yeah, I mean, but most of Gaethje's work tests your toughness rather than your chin. Like, his shot on Vic was mostly chin. And yeah. That test. Against Michael Johnson, he body and the legs more than he did the head. Yeah. And I think Barboza can survive that for long enough that he can wait until Gaethje, like, gasses himself out with his work, which he's done quite often. Like, Gaethje, yeah. the end of... Even round two against Johnson, where he was winning the fight, and, you know, Johnson... Yeah. Worked the body as well as Poirier Alvarez in. Gaethje was really, really gassed. Johnson was just yeah. and gassed. Yeah. And Johnson so, broke because he's mentally weak. But yeah, I will. I'm yeah, I need, to, I need to tape this one a little more. But I, uh, it's going to be a fun one no matter what. Yeah. I've just got, I've got this weird feeling about KO4. I'm not sure who does it, but I just like, well, I want to put a bet on KO4. <laughs> What's I mean, KO4 is paying plus 600. Hmm. I, I could see it going either way, but I don't know, just... I mean, I can't really see, like, Barboza consistently beating Gaethje with the approach that Gaethje takes, because yeah. Gaethje fights the way he normally does, Barboza's not going to have the space to come back and kick. Yeah. But if Gaethje gets his fight for three whole rounds, I can see him surviving. I can see Barboza yeah. surviving to get KO'd in the fourth. So I think you might as well just play Gaethje KO4, because... If Barboza survives until round four, I don't see him having the energy to um, like get a wheel kick that Gaethje is not expecting, where Barboza's really only chance is to land something big and unexpected, in my opinion. Yep. It's, you say the more, more time Gaethje's in there, the more time Barboza has to find that miracle, magical... Like honestly, if Barboza ends up winning the attrition battle, wouldn't shock me. Th- I was thinking the same thing. Uh, like I-, I thought that same thing when I was taping this. Like I-, I would not be surprised if Barboza in the third round started like once Gaith G can't press pressure as much, he just starts like beating the shit out of his body with kicks when Gaith G isn't pressuring as much. And I, I don't know. That's just something that I I, I kind of just noticed it when I was watching the Hooker fight. Like. And Barboza will, will come out really... He, like, recovers in between rounds well. Like, he'll come out, like, yeah. real fast again, I noticed, but... He think it's Khabib. It's like, you know, it was a bit of a... Um, he recovered more from Khabib than you expected he would. Yeah, and, and like, I don't think Gaethje's going to be searching for takedowns here. And I think that changes, like, everything about this fight a little yeah. bit. So, um, I mean, if I knew... I don't even know much about Gaethje's offensive wrestling. I know he's a wrestler, but because he doesn't yeah. use it ever. So if he wrestled more, I'd be way more confident in him. But I'm yeah. just like, not because he probably won't do that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think wrestling is generally the key to beating Barboza just because Lee and Khabib are generational talents in wrestling. Where Gaethje probably, like, Gaethje has a good wrestling background, obviously, but he doesn't wrestle offensively enough for me to say he's going to take Barboza down consistently, where Barboza's been pretty tough to take down, like, mechanically, if that makes sense. He keeps putting himself yeah. in positions to be taken down by being against the all the time. But once Lee and or Khabib got in, he's been relatively hard to finish a takedown on. So Yeah. You have to change shit together to get him down. Yeah, so I think Gaethje, if he strikes and pressures, 
there's a good chance it looks like a way more brutal version of uh, Barboza against Michael Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the end of UFC on ESPN two. Barboza versus Gaethje. Um, play of the event, in my opinion, is probably Gaethje at plus odds because I tap him extremely. Um, after that, Mearshart Holland, probably Mearshart. This one's going to be wild. And... Mine's no guys at plus 155, where I got him at. I think that's a really good play. I'm personally saying Paul Craig. <laughs> the man's bet. Uh, Shaman Marais is one. This one's really good for betting. Yeah, Shaman Marais is my, my like, play of the week, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Especially at plus one fifty five. I mean, the odds got a little tighter, but still. I mean, you could you could even say Branch Hermanson goes the distance is insane value plus one forty five with Branch. That's that's uh, going to be an almost certainty if Branch wins. In my opinion, is probably a decision. He does not show urgency. Not a huge amount, yeah, but yeah, let it go. Um. So. Any last takes? Except Michael Johnson's going to kick Josh Emmett's ass. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not really seeing a huge amount on the bet because I just checked my bet every man. I've only got like four picks up, which is unusual at this point in the week for me. Oh, this one's a bit heavier for me. Most of it's on gate. Yeah, I'm not touching gadget for something. I just I'm, my picking my picking of my thumb says massive coin flip. Yeah. I can't like gadget KO plus. I can get gadget KO plus one idea. I mean, I don't think Edson's, like, Edson's toughness is going to be tested by Gaethje more than his chin, as I said before. And I think I can trust Edson's toughness enough that I'm not going to load up on Gaethje KO rather than just Gaethje straight up. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, best play I have, like, in play right now is uh, Parlay. Barboza Gaethje doesn't go to decision. Emma Johnson doesn't go to decision. And Mearshard Holland doesn't go to decision. Because, I mean, the leg there is probably Emmett Johnson doesn't go to decision. No. But I think minus 105 is kind of value for A, Emmett swings really hard and kind of banks on the finish. B, Michael Johnson tends to have power. And C, Emmett's off getting his face broken. And it's all together yeah. by tape and prayer right now. So that's not going to be hard to take apart. So I think, I think the mental side of that sort of injury is also you can't. We gotta take the mental side because, like, remember Koshek after he had his face um, exploded. Yeah, that was never um, particularly um, tough from then on. Yeah. No, so let's give us Magni. Yeah, that's. I'm yeah. getting on the Magnum wagon now. If it goes, if it goes to decision, it's going to be um, a Michael Johnson win. See, so let's give us Magni, which just um, announced. McDessie versus who? That's Zaleski versus Magni. Uh, oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. I'm, I'm getting back on Magan Wagon. Zaleski. Zaleski's going to kill him. Magan um, Wagon. Woodley Lawler 2. Uh, why? Woodley Lawler 2. That's a thing now. I don't know. Why? I, I, I just, like, what? I mean, either Woodley knocks him out in, like, fucking two minutes again, which is like, oh, good work. You just did what you've already done. Or... <laughs> I, I like fairly that, because I'm gonna bet Waller. 
<laughs> same, same. I'm yeah, going fair to enough. Lawler because I think it's winnable for him. But I also same. favor Woodley because Lawler seems too far gone. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm a, we've got Robbie Lawler. There's so many better fights given the fucking Tyron Woodley. I'd rather see either of those two fight fucking Pontenibio because I think Pontenibio fucking styles on Woodley. Yeah, Pontenibio styles on Woodley. Pontenibio has a tough time with Lawler, but. And Pontenibio Lawler is just a far more fun fight than Lawler Woodley. I mean, dude, make. Pontenibio alive? Uh, he was calling for RDA for a long time. Apparently, since Ponzinibbio turned down Till in London, they're not going to give him anyone higher ranked. Which yep. seems dumb, but I guess that's how it is. What, higher ranked Till was or higher ranked Till is? What, what the fuck higher ranked than Ponzinibbio is. Ah, right. Why the fuck did he turn down Till anyway? Till was a very, very wonderful fight for him. Yeah, I mean, I think Till would have killed Ponzi. Uh, Till was... Till has three punches. Hey, Till doesn't even have to own them. I would pick Ponzinibbio. Not heavy, but definitely pick Ponzinibbio. I mean, I'd take Till pretty confidently there. I think Ponzinibbio running forward behind jabs isn't going to work against A, a southpaw, and Ponzinibbio hasn't shown the versatility in his jab to take out a southpaw. Um, you know, yeah. And B, against a counterpuncher, it can punish him for just running forward like he did against Magni with the jab. So i take Till there, especially if there were good underdog odds. It's still a classic kind of counter puncher because most of his success has come off the front foot where he just kind of walks towards you. I mean, he's come on the front foot, but he's counterpunched guys when they lash back from being pressured. Yeah, he's like, um, what you call McGregor, McGregor style counter punching, but it's not like he was a true counter puncher. I mean, it's kind of a weird distinction to make. Like, you don't need to be a counter puncher. And, like, I think the McGregor style, like, McGregor's a good analogy for the archetype that he is. He's just not that good at keeping guys from doing the things that they want to do on the back foot. And yep. an arsenal quite as big. So. What do you guys think of Adesanya at like minus 195 over Gaston? I probably hit it. I don't think Gaston's yeah. very good at all. Yeah, pretty I, much same. I think I'm going to play it, to be honest. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, I just don't think Gastelum will be able, like, he's not really a good offensive wrestler. And I think Adesanya will just, like, double him up on the feet. Yeah, I mean, I think Gastelum, even if he had better setups than someone like Brunson, Brunson has the massive athletic advantage, and Adesanya was able to keep him from taking him down. So it's going to be surprising if Gastelum gets him down. I was looking into the takedowns, like, pretty, like, like pretty focused over the last couple of days. And I, I, don't, I don't think Gastelum can get him down. And if he does, like Adesanya is fine as far as like guard retention goes and stuff. And like, I, I don't, yeah, I think he's just going to fuck Gastelum up. Like, I think that line should be wider. Yeah. I mean, I'd cap Adesanya pretty wide, but I didn't, like, I didn't like how Adesanya dealt with Silva. It felt like a, he wasn't good enough to deal with Silva, like kind of bum rushing him and B, he obviously took it a bit too easy and he probably won't do that here. But it's a weird fight that I don't know why it's happening when you could give both Whitaker once he's back. Like, yeah, true. I get why an interim title's in play, but on the other hand, this is just a fight to kill one of two contenders that, um, that middleweight has since Whitaker yeah. and out the other two guys that are good in the division. I mean, the thing with, like, Gastelum, though, is, like, all he throws, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I just feel like he just kind of has a left hand, like a straight left, and like yeah, he has and, a one-two. Yeah, yeah. Like, at, at least, 
at least Silva like has strike variety to where I could understand where Adesanya would be a little bit, um, and he's like a little unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're like, I feel like Gastelum's the type of fight he'll open up on, kind of like Brad Tavares, because Tavares is a basic striker too, and like, yeah. like a shorter guy where he can control range well, who only throws a couple punches. I feel like he'll just fucking destroy him. Yeah, Adesanya's probably. Well, I think. It- this wasn't really a fucking destroy kind of dude because he doesn't hit very hard. But yeah, I, I think I, he. I'm talking about like uh, not backing him out. I mean, just like fifty forty fiving him on the feet. Yeah, like, I could definitely see that. Like, I've, I've got like, enough on winning clear rounds. That's what I mean. I've got enough on Israel to be champion into the year that I don't want to kind of put more money on him in, in play. I yeah. know, I'm hoping if 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 he, if he like goes back to like minus one fifty or something, I'll hit him there. But I don't, I don't like going past minus two hundred. Yeah, I'll take it. Taking a guy into guy, Gaslam, who has made me before. <laughs> yeah, fucking Jack Ray. <laughs> I feel like Eric Anders should be wider than minus one fifty versus. Khalil. Oh yeah, they should. I'm I'm huge on that. Yeah, I yeah. agree with one hundred percent. What the fuck is that? Khalil trash. <laughs> Khalil Roundtree like, I mean, terrible. Anders is a very headable and Roundtree does hit very hard, and it wouldn't shock me if Anders' magical Thiago Santos chin was just like not there anymore. <laughs> exactly, because you can't just keep doing that, man. <laughs> But I like, mean, yeah, um, Eric Anders is fucking tough. Has actual takedowns. and should just fuck. Clever, clever. I mean, I'd probably just go Roundtree KO one, and then after that, it's going to be all Anders. Yeah, pretty much. Or even it's really Roundtree KO half. It's past two minutes. So I think I think we've seen what's happening. Just go Roundtree sub minute KO at like plus nine thousand odds. And if that happens, then it covers the Anders bet. Pretty much. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping Roundtree does enough in the first round. You can pick up Anders like minus plus one thirty or some shit because that's like max bet territory. <laughs> <laughs> like the second the Anders hits his first takedown, I'm just fucking unloading everything. <laughs> just take <down> mortgages. <laughs> I'm selling all my Florida property and yeah, mortgaging straight on. Uh, I feel like. like- you know, I, Eric yeah. Anders, once it's past like two minutes, should be like minus eight hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Eric Anders. Does seem to have a chip. Two ten. I like Dustin there. Yes, yeah, I'm pure value pro- pure, pure pure value proposition. I mean, I can see taking Poirier just because he wrestles reasonably actively, especially yeah. against um, Pettis. He wrestled a lot, so I think. Poirier is a smart enough fighter to pursue a win condition that way. Yeah. And probably the better wrestler. Holloway hasn't faced a ton of wrestlers, but I also think Holloway boxes him up badly on the feet, especially after like round three. I think Poirier can hang on the feet, but Holloway is a bit too adaptive and he's probably just the better technical boxer even to start with. So it's a really good fight. It's, like, it's better than Gaethje Barboza. <laughs> um. What else? Right. And then a couple more just fight announcements today. Marlon Marais Cejudo. Um, yeah. Those odds will be interesting. I feel like Marais will probably be favored, but um, Marais be favored. Yeah, I'm hoping we can get him at like minus one thirty because I think he'll beat Cejudo. I I don't think Cejudo's all that great. I know other people I, do. But... I think he beats the crap out of Cejudo. I don't. I'm not too impressed by Cejudo. Like he beat Same. you guys that I rate. High. But the Johnson fight was a robbery. The Dillashaw what are you talking about? Oh, 47 was reasonable, bro. Johnson didn't do enough to make it a robbery. 
I think it was a clear robbery. Johnson very, very clearly won. I think either guy could have won 48-47. Like, I thought it was just like, like, it, it's just kind of subjective, too. Of like, I mean, Johnson I landed more strikes, and then Cejudo kind of just got takedowns. So, like, I mean, the takedowns didn't do anything. That's not... It was, even the striking, it was like Johnson throwing calf kicks versus Cejudo occasionally kind of landing decent punches. But I mean, and even I will... with those punches, you kind of... I thought, at best, it was uh, 48-47 Johnson, and you could have very easily justified a 50-45 Johnson. It, like, I had a 49-46... <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Johnson very clearly won. That was a robbery. Fuck Cejudo. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know the Dillashaw you, 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 you can have that opinion. She'll think, but that is the right opinion. <laughs> oh, Aldo Volkanovski's back to um, dead evens. Yeah, I don't know. The line's been weird for that fight. I'm heading out okay. I'm nuking out okay. I don't longer. I don't believe that Aldo still is playable anymore because his pace, his cardio. But in, in a three round fight, I think Aldo can keep up the pace there. Yeah, I guess I don't. Just, I just feel like, I feel like if Aldo is really working, Volkanovski's head head comes off. Yeah, I mean, Volkanovski looked tough against a really, really big puncher in Mendes. He's tough, but he's very hittable. He does he does get dropped and shit. So I just I don't know. And I mean, Mendes kind of gassed. I mean, yeah, Mendes gassed badly, but I also yeah. Aldo's cardio issues are really, really overstated. Oh, no, I know. I just, I just don't trust Aldo's output. That's my big. That's my personal yeah, I think thing. Yeah, I think Aldo, like, good chance he KOs him. But I, yeah, like, like you said, I think Volkanovski will just throw more. It, it's in Brazil though, so he, he yeah. could throw like three times more and still lose thirty twenty seven. So yeah, let's hope. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I don't know Volkanovski. I'm just like I, I like the idea of an Australian wrestle box a champion, but I just, I'm just not sold on Volkanovski. I'm pretty sold. Volkanovski after the Mendez fight, but I also think Mendez didn't look good. Like I think Volkanovski is a legitimate top contender, but yeah. Al like A Aldo's probably going to kill him because Aldo kills wrestle boxers. B you've got Holloway who pretty much takes cardio boxing and he's it's platonic ideal for the most part. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Probably not going to out cardio box the best cardio boxer that has ever been. Because Volkanovski is no longer a wrestle boxer. Like his last two, like Elkins against Elkins and against Mendez, his wrestling just kind of went out the window. And against Aldo, I think his wrestling took a work. So he's just really just a he's really just a cardio swarming yeah. kickboxer. That's what's going to happen here. Yeah. And I mean, you're not going to beat Max that way, are you? <laughs> I mean, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like he's not, he's not, and he's not a massive hitter. Like you know, he's he's a decent hitter, but he's not like a gigantic Mendez or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, he can crack, but like. For featherweight, he's not. He's not. He's not Jeremy that. Stevens or Chad Mendes or Jose Aldo or various people. I mean, exactly. Like without wrestling, you could. I think it's fair, like as a broad archetype, to consider Volkanovski just like cardio boxer, and it's not going to go well against the champion. It's probably not going to go well against someone like Moicano, who can outfight well and probably outjab Volkanovski. I think. Volkanovski's style without the wrestling is going to cause him some problems, but I will say that Volkanovski's looked pretty smart in the past. Yeah. So, I do think Jeremy Stevens kills Volkanovski. Oh no, I think Volkanovski beats him down. Uh, you want to get you? Do you think he can just walk down Jeremy Stevens? Good luck. 
And he I think Jeremy Stevens hits harder, hits harder and has a better chin. I don't think he can. He could barely wrestle with Darren Elkins. I think he wrestled Jeremy Stevens pretty easily. Uh, Darren Elkins was at wrestling. Um, what's go? What you call it? Volkanovski. That was like a, that was like fifty fifty wrestling match. Fought by Anthony Pettis. Yeah, well, Anthony Pettis was lightweight. Anthony, Anthony Pettis is just, just logistics. Jeremy Stevens wrestling has really improved. Like, yeah, I, like I, I could see Volkanovski getting some spot takedowns, but I don't think he's just gonna win like two rounds out of three. He's not gonna fetch Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, like I mean, he he's probably not gonna fetch him. But I also don't think that the striking's wide enough, or the striking's wide enough for Stevens, where it's going to come down to Stevens clearly wins the striking and Volkanovski's just clinging to him. I think it's a very competitive fight on the feet. Volkanovski probably wins there, in my opinion, and the takedowns are just something supplemental to threaten and to get. Well, everybody's kind of landed on Volkanovski's tried to land on Volkanovski, so I just feel like it just turns into a classic Jeremy Stevens fight to bite the mouthpiece. It might bite the mouthpiece, so... A classic Jeremy Stevens um, fight recently has been more chase after your opponent, have no idea how to... And... Is Volkanovski going to go backwards at any point? Perhaps. Volkanovski doesn't seem, doesn't seem to have a backwards button. I mean, he did go back. Like, he's able to retreat at times. It's just that his plan against Mendez was to gas him out. So he didn't. It's Elkins he went forward the entire time. It's not like your cigarette has been going, going forward. Volkanovski's... Like, Volkanovski I mean, always can't. I mean, Volkanovski's like work, clinch, so. striking and ground and pound. So I think it's yeah. fair to say that he's mostly a front foot fighter. But I also think Volkanovski's very, very good. I think he proved that he was a guy against Mendez, even though I don't think Mendez looked good. Like, uh, Prime Mendez personally. was a very good fighter. Yeah, yeah Prime Mendez was a very good fighter, but the I mean, Mendez, Mendez we saw was... there. Yeah, Prime Mendez was incredible, but that, the Mendez we saw gassed out like fuck. He looked like not... shit in that fight. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he still I mean, almost I mean, won us. He won the first round, and he came like quite close, knocking him out in the second. I mean, Before I think just Mendez is one of the best fighters ever. So even like semi-shot Mendez is like beating him that way is enough to prove that you're legit. That you know a division where Mendez would probably still beat a lot of guys. Like I'd pick that version of Mendez against Zabit without a thought. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I'm thinking. Um... With Volkanovski, I'm just not. I'm just not sure because I'm just. I'm fundamentally unconvinced in his wrestling, and I feel like you need that friends of wrestling to set up a lot of his try, set up a lot of his striking. I mean, I like Volkanovski's clinch game enough that I think even if he doesn't get the takedown eventually, he's just going to fuck his guy up in the clinch. So it's a game that like it's cohesive in the sense that he has a fail safe for when yeah. I just stops his takedowns. I just don't think that works against Aldo because Aldo is very hard to clinch even. Volkanovski, I feel like, uh, for guys, I've ranked featherweights, like, said, over him. Like, is it Edgar? Is it Moicano? Savens, definitely. Emmett, I'd actually consider. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't... Lamas, I consider. Um, yeah, Calvin, maybe Calvin Cater. That's because Cater's the best, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not totally sure if Cater's wrestling. Because it has but been... like if Emmett, if Emmett and Volkanovski like tangled in the middle and it turned out Emmett was just a lot stronger and could just hold him down, it would not shock me. I'd be pretty surprised by that since Emmett hasn't consistently wrestled in the UFC and all of his elite like performances. He's faced two elite guys. Both of his moments of success in that fight came from circle the outside, charge forward, and swing. So yeah. I, I like care over Volkanovski. I think he would jab his face off. Like yeah, pretty much. Um, 
and Cater has pretty good defensive wrestling. Like he like wrestled in high school and, and a little bit in college. So I, I think Cater, given the right matchup, he, he's he's a problem. Like I, I really like his game. Yeah, Cater's amazing. Cater's been like since his jab's amazing. I, yeah, I kept an eye on him since the Feely fight because you know beating Feely. Like I don't rate Feely super highly, but beating Feely the way that he did. He's like a decent fighter, Philly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Philly, I don't think really highly of him if you're, like, a veteran and you beat him. He's, like, like a number 20, 22 guy, like, right around there. Yeah, like, Michael Johnson beating Philly, I was just disappointed that he didn't beat Philly more decisively. Yeah. Calvin Cater coming in at, in his debut and beating Philly was pretty impressive because Philly, he's a bit of a spoiler. So I kept an eye on Cater after that and the Burgos fight, one of my favorite fights after that. We watch it all the time. It's amazing. Cater's the goat. Cater's gonna eventually be featherweight when Holloway moves up and Alder retires. Cater for champ. <laughs> Could be. Could happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, he might have to learn to uh, stop leg kicks. <laughs> oh yeah. I think Moicano could do. Moicano could do that again. That I mean, oh, Moicano. Moicano's a problem. Yeah. I forgot. Except about when that he puts together like the weirdest game plan against Aldo. Even the Aldo fight, I don't. I think Moicano just freaked out when he couldn't kick Aldo as freely as he wanted to. So, yeah. And I mean, no one freely kicks Aldo. Yeah. It's. I think of Aldo. Moicano needs to either be all the way in or all the way out, kind of. Like he needs to be. I really pro- trying to pressure off the front foot, or he needs to be um trying to play like distance games. That yeah. volume. Think that there's really a point where Moicano consistently beats Aldo at any range. It's just that it's going to take putting on a pace. Thank you for your avoid knockout. Busier and would go if if he could have avoided knockout. You're busier in one one more round. I mean that's true, but I also think Moicano was always a bit too outgunned in the pocket for just to say that you know avoid yeah, out. That's why I didn't like what Moicano did, where he just kind of just stopped in the pocket and just play pocket games. I'm like, well, you won round well, one. He but... tried not to. I remember, like, the knockout itself came from, like, Moicano trying a weird jumping knee and stuff. But for the most part, it was a distance kickboxing match. They were, still, they were, in, round, they were in arms reach the entire time, weren't they? I remember they just sort of kind of paused in front of each other and Aldo threw a lot of fans. Aldo landed one good shot off, like, a late kick. It was yeah. nice. He like leg kicked him and does just run ran Moicano onto the left hook, but yep. beyond that, it was mostly just Moicano landing light jabs and Aldo landing slightly better jabs. Yep. So, I mean, I think I just trust Aldo a bit more than you guys do. Yep. You know, Aldo's the greatest fighter of all time. But... Yep. Um. Yeah. So we've talked about pretty much the next three cards. <laughs> and, this yeah. was a good time. Yeah. I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll find other stuff to um, cover for the other cards. Yeah, Eric Anders fucks up Clue Roundtree. I was thinking that's like a max bet level bet because I just, I'm looking at him just like, seriously, 1.62? <laughs> or like minus 150? What? It's kind of the thing where I wouldn't max bet someone where I don't trust their defense enough to be like, he's not going to get nuked because Khalil yeah. could just nuke him. Yeah, because Roundtree just knocking him out in the first round would not shock, would not be like a massive shock, but unless he does, he's fucked. I mean, Muhammad, it wouldn't be a shock uh, at all. Khalil just came out and just like punched him in the head, and that was done. Yeah, it was Muhammad versus uh, Melinda's on UFC one two UFC two three six. Didn't know oh, that. Yeah, yeah Bilal, um via clean out wrestling. Bilal's gonna kill him. Bilal being having an actual game. Bilal via by Leon Edwards esque having an actual game plan. 
Malalia being well-rounded and being able to do things that isn't strike a distance. That's I, hope Leon, Edwards, I hope that Leon Edwards wins the welterweight title just because I feel like he actually game plans and figures it and has an idea of what he's doing. And that's so rare. <laughs> is it Woodley is. Lawler really happening? Yeah, yeah Woodley Lawler's happening. It's headlining like a Minnesota card or whatever. I just don't understand why that's happening, but whatever. This is totally pointless. Yeah. Dude, I, I really hope we get Lawler at some good odds, because I... Lawler plus 200, plus 300 wouldn't shock me. Like, I think I got um Woodley against... I got, like... Because I bet, like, Woodley K1 against Lawler to begin with, and I think that was, like, fucking plus 700. Oh, wow. I mean, over five rounds, I don't trust either's output. So I think you could get away with just saying, like, either KO or goes to decision. K yeah. Probably a bit overrated in the odds as a um, decay artist. Because, like, yeah, he has legit power, but he also doesn't have the tools to consistently do it against really good fighters. So, yeah. Lawler's probably the bet there, but at least I'd probably pick Woodley just because Lawler's shot, absolutely shot to shit. So. Yeah, fuck. Like, he might count. Uh, God, I, I was just hoping we get a, another Woodley, like, easy money fight, like, Pantanidio or something. Where I that would be amazing. Because I was like, fuck, we might get another, like, 70 and and Max bet him again against Woodley. So, and, but, but it's like, <laughs> fuck, Lawler might just get KO'd. So it's like, uh I mean, there's always the possibility that Woodler, or that Woodley TKO's Lawler with legitimate ease, and then goes on to face someone like Edwards, where you could just... Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's like plus four hundred. Yeah, maybe we gotta pray for Woodley and set it out, and then just like max bet the his next opponent. opponent. Yeah. Like imagine Lawler just TKO's um, Lawler, Woodley KOs Lawler, and then he ends up in an Usman rematch, and everyone starts hyping him up again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you could just get Usman at like minus one seventy, which is value. <laughs> he should be minus five hundred, probably. I'd hope. I mean. I'd hope not, but that's probably where it should be. Oh, oh no, yeah, he w wouldn't be, but that's I'm just saying where he should be, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for joining me, I'll see you all later. Yeah. Yep. See ya. Have a good one.